You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things weddingy. Well, happy Money Week to you, my pretties. It is Alicia here. I am the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another wonderful episode. So this week has sort of, I say unintentionally, been a week all about budget, wedding planning, money, cash, whatever you want to say. It's all about the moolah. On Monday, I spoke to the wonderful Ginger from the website Girls Just Want to Have Funds. And to me, that episode was really important to bring to you because I don't believe women in general are empowered with money in the everyday world. We are sort of lacking in financial skills. Now, I have admitted in that interview, I have been pretty shitty with money over the years. I have really improved, but I still have a very different outlook about money coming in and money going out than my husband, Richard. And I think that has has a lot to do with how I was raised. I think it wasn't really big discussion in our house. And also, you know, a lot of people have said it and I've said it, that we aren't really taught about money management at school. We're taught about arithmetic and all this sort of stuff that goes into doing the maths, but it also doesn't really say he's had a balance your bank account and make sure that you've got enough money to do exactly what you want to do. So today's Q&A episode, I am answering exclusively questions that are about your cash, the cash situation. I'll also be doing bad accents. I don't really know where that even came from. It just happened. It came out of me. I've just got to embrace it. So the Q&A episode, all about money, all about uh, your questions that you've asked. And to be honest, it's I've plucked a couple of questions that aren't necessarily covering what I would cover normally in the podcast, because I do speak a lot about budgeting and uh, minding your P's and Q's when it comes to getting a wedding budget on track been seeing some lovely results uh, in my subscriber list, people that have jumped on board to download the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Guide to Getting Hitched. There's actually a lot in that book about planning a wedding from our perspective with our budget because Rich and I really, I sort of say our budget was roughly about ten to $13,000. I did pull quite a few favors, I will be honest with you, with friends helping us out and um, we did things like we had a, a little snacking hors d'oeuvres table which we catered ourselves before our caterer arrived. So we did really, you know, pull in the, the old belt buckle a little bit when it came to our budget and I reveal lots of little tips, lots of lots of tips, not even little tips. There's hundreds and hundreds of tips in the book about guiding you down the path to stick to your budget no matter how big or small it may be. So that is a free download. I've said it before, I was happily selling this book on Amazon, but to be honest, I would rather give it to you for free and Know that it's being read and appreciated than, you know, barter over 10 bucks on Amazon. 10 bucks is good. Don't get me wrong. I love 10 bucks. But to be honest, if I have you on my team and we're working together to make sure that you plan the wedding that you want to have in your budget, then I think that is a pretty good deal. Also, uh, when you sign up, I'm going to send you just once a week. I won't bother you. Don't get angry. And if you're not into it, just don't sign up basically or unsubscribe. I'm not going to be offended. 
only slightly. Uh, look, I'm going to send you a, a newsletter telling you what's coming up on the show and also a little bit of a shorthand version of my show notes with any links and discounts and tips that my lovely interviewees have given me in the week. So if you feel like taking me up on my offer, visit savethedatepodcast.com. That is where you will find all the information. If you want to do a bit of Google stalking about me, do it there too. I would. I mean, if I was listening to this voice telling me how to plan my wedding, I'd probably want to know a little bit about who she was. There it is. I have no qualms in you Google stalking me. That's what it is all about. Look, let's cut to the chase. I've got four questions I really want to cover this episode, so let's get to it. Listener Amy sent me an email. Thank you so much, Amy. And she asks, I love these simple questions. She says, hey, Alicia, do you have any budget spreadsheet recommendations? I hate Excel. Cheers, Amy. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, Amy. I also hate Excel. Again, because we go back to my, is it left brain or right-sided brain? Now, this makes me sound like a total ditz. I'm more of a creative thinker. I'm a person that thinks in images and my whole career has been about writing and telling stories and using that part of my brain. I've never been that strong in the old maths and science area. I mean, I gave it a crack. I gave it a red hot go. I liked doing science class. I liked when you made that, it looked like crystal, it reminded me of uh, Breaking Bad. You know, when you made the blue crystals. I can't even remember what they're called. You're probably at home going, oh, Alicia, you idiot. I, I mean, I enjoyed the practicalities of doing that. But when it comes to the down and dirty side of doing that, it can get pretty annoying. And Excel is one of those programs that unless I'm just lining things up in rows, if I have to do The equations, you know, when you double click on something and it says B3 minus equals C12 and then it does some sort of formula. Now, when that's set up and I don't mess with it, it's really handy. But as soon as I get in there and start sort of, you know, fucking around with all the different things, my brain explodes and I give up. So I feel your pain, Amy, but I also think it's really important, as I've said before, to collate the information and keep it in one place. So if you are looking for a very simple and uh, clean and easily shareable, which is what I think so fabulous about this situation, I would say I would recommend that you use the Google Docs wedding page. Now, this is a completely free service. It is a nice and easy sort of looking um, situation where they have pre-coded, pre-templated a wedding budget spreadsheet. It's what it's called. It's a spreadsheet. So basically, in if you go to google.com slash weddings, you will then look at that. You can hear my, I'm on the computer now. I just want to talk you through it. You see a lovely image, plan your wedding with Google, everything you need to organize, socialize and pull off the perfect day. Now, I think this is quite an underutilized website because they do offer quite a few different opportunities to share documents collate all your information and especially if you're a gmail user it's all saved in your google drive if you're not a gmail user well either create a free email like i said last q a it's a really good idea to keep everything in one place and also not have to have all this stuff coming into your normal email account or 
Well, just create a Gmail account. There's no or. It's free. It takes two minutes. So on this page, you'll see you can locate a wedding venue. If I were to click on that, it takes you straight to Google Maps. You can look it up. You can also save the date. You can do an online save the date if you want to go and save some money, perhaps, and use your Google account to create quite a nice looking HTML invitation. And once you're at the google.com backslash wedding, then all I would ask you to do is simply put another backslash and plan and it will bring you, is this complicated? I don't mean it to be complicated. It's going to bring you to a page that is basically a Google Docs for wedding planning heaven free thing. So what it is, it will give you a wedding planner, a to-do list, an address book, a seating chart, a guest list, a reception menu, a budget planner, and a music list spreadsheet template, Amy, that you don't have to mess around with. They're all there. If I click on budget planner right now, it brings me to a lovely Google Drive wedding budget. It's all there. You don't have to code anything. And uh, you can you can color code it. You can make it look prettier. But basically, everything you've ever thought of is there. And you just add your money and it adds it all up for you, just like you would in Excel. It's very simple. You can share it with your partner. You can share it with your wedding planner. And that's what I think is quite brilliant about Google Docs in in any sort of situation, even if your wedding planner has a private email address, they can still open the Google Docs. They can update it, save it, and then you can see their changes. I really think file sharing is the way to go when you are looking at budgets and you're looking at guest lists as well. You can send it around and it doesn't have to be downloaded. You know, if you're sending it to your mother-in-law and she doesn't understand about email attachments, you can send it to her. She can open it, have a look at it get a nose into the business she shouldn't be in and then save it and then it appears in your drive all updated. So there it is, Amy. That's my suggestion to you to avoid the dreaded Excel. If you're like me and you don't like the old uh, calculations, you don't have to do that. You just don't have to. Also, I have seen some wonderful budget templates if you're looking for something pretty. Now, to be honest, I don't want to diss here. But it's probably just going to be something that you and your partner and perhaps your family and wedding planner will be seeing. So you probably don't have to create something pretty. But if you like the prettiness, I've seen plenty of um, downloadable and editable wedding budgets on Etsy, for example, where you can purchase something that's a little uh, snazzier. Amy, I wish you all the best in your wedding budgeting endeavors. My next question comes from Francis. Or Francis, if you're posh, she writes, I think it's a she, I mean, Francis could be a boy's name. I think it's, I'm going to make assumptions that Francis, you're a woman. Let's not offend anyone though. Francis, if you're a man, that's also great. Hey, I heard, she didn't, and he or she didn't write, hey, I've just put that in there. Francis, I heard a really good description for a honeymoon registry that I thought you'd like, Alicia. It's called a money moon. <laughs> We're going to use it in all our invitations. It's a bit silly, but fun. Okay, Francis, I think this is fabulous. I have not heard. And now I read a lot of wedding blogs. I can't even express to you how many wedding blogs I consume during the week. Wedding gawker, all these sort of different things. And I've never seen it called a money moon. And I think it's great. If you're having a bit of fun and you are asking for money for a honeymoon, then hells yes. You could say we are, we are requesting some contributions towards our honeymoon, a la 
a money moon. I think it's a great idea. And the more and more people become comfortable with asking for cash in that way, the easier it's going to get. And perhaps for you, using that sort of quirky title is a nice way to ease everyone into the money giving situation and uh, not get them all uppity about it. Are people still getting uppity about giving money at weddings? I don't know. I think they're not. And then I do interviews. I've got an interview coming up with a lovely lady called Cheryl who uh, runs registryfinder.com. And Cheryl talks a lot about the etiquette of giving money and asking for registries. And I, she really schools me in this episode, you will hear, about not including any registry or gift information in the wedding invitation. Now, again, as you know, my accent is from Australia. We do things a bit more casually, I'm starting to believe, in Oz than perhaps in the States especially, and the UK. I mean, the UK manners are very important in England. They really are. They like to stick to it when it's convenient to them. So it's really interesting. Cheryl sort of said that she absolutely thinks that people should not be including gift and registry information in their invitations. And I sort of said, well, then how the hell do people get the information? That's her business. That's what she does. She spreads the word. It's very clever. But I do think that etiquette surrounding this situation, this topic, is a hot property. So again, it's a really good idea, Francis. If you want to have a bit of fun with it, I think Money Moon is a great way to do it. Where you put that information is another topic for discussion. As I said, listen to the episode coming up in a couple of weeks and you will hopefully learn a little bit more about the etiquette of gift giving because I thought I knew a lot. It turns out I don't. I really don't. So let's move on to our next question. This one is, uh, this is from Kay. Now, Kay, when I received your email, I got all worked up because I, I thought, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I hope I'm not spurring on this email. Now, when you hear it, you'll, you'll understand, hopefully. She says, Alicia, I'm frustrated with all this talk of, quote, budget weddings. Who decided that $10,000 was budget? I thought I'd be enjoying the wedding planning process more, but lately I go on forums and I see all the money people are spending and I really wonder what we're all doing. Sorry for the rant. Love your show, but I think it's something that should be talked about. Kay. So Kay, I read it and I was like, shit, am I perpetuating exactly what you are saying? I really hope I'm not because I couldn't agree with you more. The talk about money and the concern that people have with how much money people spend on weddings, how much money people have in general. We we live in times, especially in the Western world, if you are listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you might have an iPhone or a computer and you have access to, you know, modern technology. You live in a, in a, probably a Western world situation. You might go to work every day. You have a roof over your head. We are really privileged to be living in the societies that we live in. And there are a lot of people, not to be ranty back, but there are a lot of people in a situation far worse than any of us are in right now. Now, I don't want to make assumptions about your life. We all have ups and downs and 
I'm not saying everyone's living on easy street, but Kay, when I read your email, I thought, you know what? My whole podcast's about planning a wedding. Yeah, to be honest, it, it can be quite, you know, basic and it can be quite trivial. And I couldn't agree more. $10,000, there is nothing budget about that figure, about that sum. We have sort of perpetuated this idea that weddings will cost £25,000 or dollars. Gosh, it's a lot of money. And 20 years ago, there is no way, when you look at the way that that our money has changed, there's no way that people would have spent the equivalent of that amount of money on their wedding. So unfortunately, we live in a time that is blatantly consumerist. We are sold to constantly. People, of course, have to make money. Businesses have always been around, but there seems to be a lot of pressure surrounding the wedding industry and all the extra shit that people expect you to buy to make that wedding special, when really, as we said, it's not really about that at all. So, Kay, you are 100% correct in in sending the email, I do not think it's a rant. I think you are very smart and very observant. And as I said, I read your email and I felt this pang of guilt because I thought, what am I saying every week? I hope I'm not perpetuating this idea that you need to spend a lot of money. I don't think I am. I think the whole idea of my book, why I wrote it in the first place and why that led me to creating this podcast was that I was sort of horrified at the trouble that people were getting into when planning a party. Because that's all it is, folks. It's a big, snazzy party where everyone dresses up, you feed them a meal, you have a bit of a dance, and then you take off. I was going to say chuff off, because that's something Australians say, but no one understands it where I am. So, yeah, Kay, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I hope I didn't get ranty then. I hope I really didn't, but I I hope also that you look around today and feel appreciative of what you have and not worry about not being able to afford, I don't know, a big tent or something that's ludicrously priced and is stressing you out when that's not what it should be about. There it is. My final question for you today. Now, I like this because I often find my show is a bit tidy-whitey. And I say that in a non-racist way towards myself, but it can be a pretty Anglo. Anglo is a very Australian way to say it. It could be a bit Anglo-Saxon. It's a bit white girl talking about white girl stuff. And I really want to try and include other cultures and acknowledge that I know a lot of my listeners aren't planning the typical Western white girl, white boy wedding. And everyone has their own traditions and cultures that they want to add to their wedding day. And I love hearing about some of the wonderful and creative ways that people are building new traditions together. Lots of people coming together from different cultures and backgrounds. And if you've heard the show before, I hope you've heard the show before, maybe you're new. Go back and listen because I have some fabulous interviews with bloggers who talk just about this subject, who talk about multicultural weddings, who who are experts in their field. I'm talking about Raj from Secret Wedding Blog, Karen from Smashing the Glass, Nova does, uh, her website is New Bride, 
These are all people who encourage and support diversity in the wedding world and wedding planning world. So it's really nice. Which brings me to the question that I have, my final question today. And it is from a listener called Leah. Leah says, we are planning a Chinese slash Western wedding, taking our favorite customs from both families. We prefer, instead of creating a registry, that our guests follow the tradition of gifting us with a, I'm going to say this wrong, I apologize, Leah, a lay C, a lucky red envelope. Any suggestions about how we go about asking for this, Alicia? Well, Leah, thank you so much for asking me this question because in responding to it, I have learnt so much about wonderful Chinese weddings. Oh my goodness. There are so many traditions that I just can't understand why we haven't stolen them. While the, uh, why all the Western people haven't gone, we'll take that. That's rad. But, you know, that could be a whole nother show and it will be. I'm going to find someone to talk about Asian weddings, especially Chinese weddings and their amazing tea ceremonies. Oh gosh, you've got so many things going well for you, Leah. Now, I love firstly that you are splitting, you are splitting the deal here. It's really nice to be able to share some of your favorite customs and traditions and I think it's a really great idea and also it's it's a really good question because when I googled it there are lots of other people asking a lot of westerners going okay I've been asked to go to a chinese wedding I don't know what to do with this red envelope what is it for how much money should I put in it and it's it's fascinating to see that people are looking for very similar advice from a guest perspective. So it's it's good to be able to talk about this because I'm sure that there are people that have been in a very similar situation to all the people writing on the Google saying, what the hell do I do? I don't want to offend someone. I want to make sure I do it correctly. So Leah, to answer your question, I think you can have a bit of fun with this. If you are clever with the way you do it, it could be a really informative and uh, cool way to help your guests understand some of the traditions and maybe ceremonial aspects of the Chinese part of the wedding that they might not have learnt about before. So for this idea, I have looked up at quite a few websites that have free printables or you, if you have a graphic designer doing your wedding invitations, you might be able to ask them to do this. And Perhaps add a small card in with the invitations that might explain some of the customs and the processes that they will be a part of on the day. I don't know if you are doing a tea ceremony. Sometimes I, I understand and please, gosh, don't be offended if I've gotten this all wrong, lovely listeners, but it might be a, you might choose to have a private tea ceremony. Um, I know not everyone goes to that, but it'd be nice for people to understand what is important to you. So perhaps a way to get around uh, feeling uncomfortable about saying, hey, bring money in a red envelope is to explain the tradition and give people a bit of a narrative, a bit of imagery, a bit of a story behind why you are choosing to use and do this custom. I know as a guest who has attended quite a few multicultural weddings, there have been some weddings, and I think I've spoken about in the past, that I turned up to a Greek wedding and had no idea that you stand for the whole time. And I am not a high heels wearer. And I ended up having to stand bare feet because I'm hopeless, absolutely hopeless. But this ceremony went on for about an hour. And also, it, it's a Greek Orthodox ceremony, and it was in Greek. So I had no idea what's going on. Again great 
fine. But to be honest, if we had had a heads up or we understood what was going on, I'm not just saying, oh, if I knew, I would be able to understand it. But I mean, as someone that is there as a participant, is there as a witness to this ceremony, I would have just loved a couple of dot points about what to expect and how to enjoy it. That makes me sound like a jerk, but you know what I mean? Just to be able to understand what's going on if you've not been to some sort of cultural uh, ceremony before. So Leah, I think this is a really good opportunity for you and your husband to share in, in document form perhaps why this is important and also, I don't know, maybe you could include the envelope. Is that rude? Perhaps that's rude. Ask people to find their own envelope because Googling as well, there are so many cool envelopes you can find online and in places like Chinatown. I love a visit to Chinatown in London. Any excuse to go into that shops with all the beautiful lanterns and the cats with the moving arm and, uh, oh my gosh, just to eat dim sum all day. So yeah, I think you shouldn't feel at all embarrassed or pressured for asking for that. It's a lovely tradition. Who doesn't want cash? And I also think it's something that is important to you. So find a way to express that in a way that you're comfortable. And also, yeah, take an opportunity to school some of your guests about about your cultures and traditions. You cannot go wrong with a bit of explanation. Thank you very much for that, Leah. I wish you all the best. If you have any more cultural questions, please get in touch. Hey, before I go... In my Googling, in answering Leah's question, I did write down a couple of facts that I'd quickly like to share with you. Share them tonight at the dinner table. The amount of money contained in the envelope usually ends with an even digit. Do an even digit. In accordance with Chinese beliefs, odd-numbered money gifts are traditionally associated with funerals. Don't make that mistake. Don't do that. At weddings, the amount offered is usually intended to cover the cost of the attendees as well as to signify goodwill to the newlyweds. Now, I like this idea because they're saying, here's 200 bucks or here's 150 bucks. That will cover my cost for the banquet or the for the food. I think that's very polite. Good on you, Chinese people. You've got it all sorted. It uh, is always a learning system, always a learning process for me hosting this podcast. If you have a Q&A question that you would like me or any other expert, perhaps you've got something specific that you would like Jess from the Budget Savvy Bride to answer, or maybe you do have a cultural question that perhaps Karen from Smashing the Glass, she does a lot of Jewish and Jewish wedding uh, blogging. That's her whole blog. If you have someone specific in mind, tell me. I'm not afraid. I will email them and get them on the show. Visit savethedatepodcast.com to send me an email, click on the uh, the little contact me button and it will send it straight through to my email address. Monday's show is all about confidence and uh, I've just been speaking about her before. Nova from New Bride is returning to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast to talk all about confidence, how to get more confidence, how to boost the confidence that you have. Nova, as well as being a uh, very popular wedding blogger, is also a life coach and a counsellor. She's a, a very approachable lady who gives some very practical, easy-to-implement skills and techniques to improve your confidence. So I really hope you'll join me on Monday. If you like the show... 
why don't you rate and review it on iTunes? That would really help me out. Also, if you see a tweet or a Facebook post of mine that you enjoy, click like. Maybe share it with your friends. That's all part of my business. I don't feel like it's asking a big deal to ask you to do that, is it? Is it rude? I remember when I first started the podcast, someone (laughs) private messaged me on Facebook when I only had about 200 followers. I've got over 2,000 now. I'm very excited about that. Hopefully, there'll be 5,000 soon. But she wrote to me, and I thought it was going to be a really nice email. And um, she said I was a blatant self-promoter. And it, it she didn't use the word blatant. I've actually added that in. I tell the story now, and she's become the devil. And it's it's not true. But a lady wrote to me and said, yeah, I self-promote too much, and I should shut up a bit. But here's the thing, lady. And she probably doesn't listen anymore because I've bagged her out before. So she's probably gone away to where she belongs. But I think this is a self-made project for me. I don't have a team behind me. I am it. I do all the tweeting. If you see something written, it's me writing. And I really enjoy doing that. But also, it's a a project. It's it's a passion project for me. So I do ask you to share and, and spread the love because it means so much to me. And it's so helpful to me to get the word out to other brides and grooms that might be planning their wedding that you think it might help them too. So that's why I always ask if you can help me out with sharing, rating and reviewing. It's all uh, helping a little fish in a big pond. So until Monday, have the most cracking best time ever and uh, do get in touch. I really love hearing from you. Until then, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.